Welcome to the Vintage Talk Show. It's just two dudes getting together to talk about current topics in the vintage community with your hosts, Mosquito Heads and Vintage Shih Tzu. What got you into reselling in the first place? So uh, I've always had businesses since I was like 20 years old, started a few companies. Um, so I've always liked business. Reselling just kind of like came to me. Um, I was I got out of one business and we were looking for the next thing that we wanted to do. And we we're like, well, why don't we just go out garage selling and see if we can find stuff to flip online. And uh, Allison and I and my wife, we went out to garage selling and that's how we, that's the, the first time we started reselling was just going to garage sales and finding stuff to flip. And as soon as we made that first like $2 and a $50 flip, we we're like, okay, well, we're hooked. Let's uh, let's see if we can make this into an actual business. So, yeah. So, yeah, that was actually going to be my question. I guess y'all got into it the exact same time. I was going to ask if, like, one of y'all got the other person into it, but it sounds like y'all kind of hit it the same exact time. Yeah, I'm lucky. Allison's always been, like, really supportive with all my crazy ideas, and um, she's she was just on board pretty much immediately. She wasn't on board so much with YouTube, but she was on board with reselling. <laughs> yeah. See, our story's a little different. We've been we were selling before we got married, and our wives. Well, you tell your story about your wife. My wife did not resell, and she kind of gave me crap because I was a hoarder for a long time. But then once she started seeing the cash flow, it changed the story a little bit. Sure. Yeah, my wife was uh, actually originally into like vintage dresses. And uh, then we got together, and of course, I was already into vintage t-shirts, and I was kind of like, uh, it's an easy transition for her, because she's like, I mean, I've never even thought about t-shirts, but these are amazing. Like, I love the prints, I love finding them, so she got real quick into that, and she's kind of out of the dresses now, and really just into the t-shirts. I know nothing about vintage dresses. Yeah, that'd be something cool to know. Oh, yeah, she could, uh, she could tell you some stuff about them. Like, she's all about, like, the 50s and 60s era, real into it. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. And how did, what about Ben? How did you start? What? Reselling? Yeah. Just you really just motivated me. I was, I was trying to think the other day, like, how or when did Ben kind of get big into reselling? And it was kind of like all of a sudden Ben's this. Well, it was when I was doing website design. I remember sitting on the couch and you're like, Allie and I are going to start doing this. Yeah. You should create an eBay account and a That's PayPal right. account. That's right. And I didn't do it then because I was too busy doing website design. And then I think a year later I decided to do it. And then just started selling on eBay. I don't think we even knew. And then we were like, oh, Ben's got an eBay account. Yeah. He's making money. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, Ben, did you start selling? Because I know you as like uh, what we would consider hype and vintage versus Ryan is more of like an alley. They're doing the more, I guess, non that. Like, yeah, they're just straight re anything for resale. Yeah, because you love shoes, Ryan. Like I always like I watch your videos yeah. and stuff. And I know why. I go, I go look at shoes, too. But whenever I talk with Ben, I'm always talking about, um, yeah, like hype wear, street wear, vintage. So let's talk about that. Well, I didn't originally start selling vintage. I just started exactly how Ryan and Allie started selling, going garage selling and thrift stores and just looking at anything that would make me money. And then once I started learning about vintage clothing, that's when I actually started enjoying it. And Found your passion. Yeah, that's what I started focusing on after that. I still sell like calculators and appliances stuff, but I also sell vintage and like Supreme and stuff like that as okay. well. Um, what was the first thing, Ben and Ryan, that you guys found that kind of got you hooked onto the vintage? Because I know for me, I can think of the one thing that I found and I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So what would be that? If you can, you can come back to it in a minute, but 
You, what, you, do you remember the first thing you were like, oh, crap, this is crazy? Um, not really. I mean, it was like my friends just started, like, this was probably back in late 90s. They would just wear crazy, like, old Mario tees, Ninja Turtle tees. And I was like, oh, man, I got to find those. And, uh, and that was back when you could find those, I guess, all over the place. I mean, you can't, it's rare yeah. to come across those now. But, yeah, that's kind of what got me into it, just my buddies. And uh, yeah. then I started drinking myself, and it's kind of been nonstop. Mine is uh, Dragon Ball Z t-shirts. Older, like early or uh, late 90s, early 2000s Dragon Ball Z. Um, I just always liked the style of them. And um, as soon as I, I, I wore them when I was a kid, right? So I liked collecting, or I liked finding those type of, um, or buying them when I was a kid. And then finding them in the thrift store again, I was like, oh, that's sick. <laughs> I don't think you found any in the thrift store. Oh, yeah. You found Dragon Ball Z shirts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, they're hard to find. I don't think I've... Yeah. I didn't find any, like, one specific thing that made me, like, oh, wow. I mean, I've had some crazy finds before, but I just like how vintage shirts feel and fit, really. Like, mm. seeing the older tags and the stitching and, like, how thin they are. That's what really made me appreciate the older stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Ryan, uh, what would you say, like, you and Allie's, like, what are y'all's strengths as far as picking? Like, y'all have different strengths? Like, she's good at a certain stuff, you're good at a certain stuff? Yeah, I think that's what makes this kind of cool is that I, I'm more focused on like uh, like bigger bulk deals usually. So I'm looking out for – I'm pretty much only focused on the numbers. Vintage for me is more like I collect it for myself and then I'll sell it to kind of fund my habit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, if all we did was vintage, I would make no money because mm -hmm. I would keep it all. <laughs> um but yeah so i focus on the bigger deals like buying shoes in bulk and buying like bigger bigger lots of clothing in bulk and then ali focuses more on running like the day-to-day -day business so like dealing with ben and cali and then um dealing with the the numbers of the business and making sure like the accounts run how they're supposed to run so i kind of find the product and then i'm like here ben cali ali take this shit let me know when it's sold and i'm gonna go find some more and yeah. also good at finding like the athletic wear. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's boring to look at that's for true. us. Like looking through the athletic wear yeah. racks. Allie does that. Like, she finds all the Lululemon and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, going back to what you said a moment ago about the YouTube videos, Allie wasn't on board when you started. So, yeah. what was that like in the beginning? Getting a YouTube started. Did you think you were going to become uh, really an icon in the industry? Because you were on the cusp. I would say of doing all of that. So kind of tell us your, your whole yeah. path. If you like a summary of that. Not at all, man. I mean, like I, I didn't think it would blow up at all. We're pretty much, I was documenting our journey on YouTube. And then I, see, I didn't even know that reselling was a thing on YouTube when we first started. Like we didn't watch anybody else's channel. Um, I actually kind of like emulated our channel when we started after like bloggers like Casey Neistat and um, uh, Peter McKinnon. So I liked watching vlogs on YouTube, and I was like, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to document our lives, and let's see what happens. And then the community kind of built through that. And then from that, from reselling, that's when we found the vintage community, and we're like, oh, there's all these, like, 90s kids that also like the same stuff we like. Um, you know, let's build on that. So, yeah. But mm -hmm. no, I mean, she didn't want to go on YouTube because... She thought that YouTube was toxic, and if you put a video out, everybody would just hate on you. And it kind of was the opposite. We put out videos, and people were like, oh, that's really cool that you guys are doing that, and that's kind of a lifestyle that we want. So it was cool. 
Um, yeah, and for the rest, for the listeners, well, this is uh, Rally Roots. We're talking. I don't even think we've named. Oh my god! Yeah, Rally Roots. So Rally Roots is the YouTube channel, and uh, definitely check it out because it's. I've noticed that uh, just watching y'all yard sales, it's strangely addicting. Yeah. So you can go yard selling without having to leave your house. And it's I don't nice. even watch TV anymore. I feel it's, like uh, one of those fun. those kids that watches that kid unbox toys. Yeah. That's what I'm doing yeah. to you guys because I can't get my fix for the day. I'm like watching. But also get tips, you know, because you guys give out a lot of tips. So Yeah, I like that new, I guess it's kind of like the pop-up videos where y'all got yeah. little tips. I, that's a great addition. I like that a lot. Mm, like tip number three. That's Look pretty, for this. That's that was a yeah. great idea. So, how open were you in the beginning? Like, was there any resistance to trying to give out what trade secrets, or have you always been okay with? Like, what was your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, there's certain things that we still will never say on YouTube because mm-hmm. uh, there's things that you know you can't tell a hundred thousand people go buy this thing because it'll flood the market, and we don't yeah. want to kill the market or anybody. Yeah. For ourselves as well, but we don't want to hurt the reselling market. Um, but there's certain things we can tell because anybody can go to a thrift store and look for stuff. Anybody can go to yard sales and look for stuff. So we'll give out tips around that. Um, yeah. but we'll, we'll never like, we'll never give out super duper trade secrets because I'm not going to like post, Hey, here's our top three wholesalers. Everybody go and order stuff from them. Right? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we were, we, we, uh, respect that and appreciate because we're the same way. We're uh, very careful about kind of different, uh, trade secrets. And I know it probably takes some people off like, come on, man, just say it. So, well, I mean, you just kind of get it when you get it, and that's just kind of part of the yeah. game. Yeah, like, I've had run-ins with people that thought it was disrespectful because I was kind of like, well, you just got to learn that over time. Like, I'm not going to – I can tell you this, and I can't tell you that. And it's a, it's a tricky market to run in because at one time, nobody knew what single stitch was. Sure, right. Like, that was legit. Like, we would make a lot of money off of just being – because we knew what it was. And then people didn't know to check for a date. But those are things that now anybody can watch on YouTube and find out about. So it's gotten a little different the way the market has escalated. I know for me, I've had a rough time dealing with it because I've always tried to keep really secretive about it. Sure. And with all that being said, I'm sorry, I was just going to ask, with all that being said, how has the competition changed in y'all's area? Like, has it gotten a lot more steep where it's like you got a lot more people out there that you're seeing that are kind of, you know, getting after it or no? Um, there's definitely more people doing it, but I think that the, I think that YouTube's played a part in it. But I think it's just reselling in general has kind of like taken off. A lot of people are looking for vintage. It's kind of like a trend. Like, it's very just trendy. like the vintage community is like a trend, like selling vintage. Yeah. Reselling is just a pretty big trend. It's, it's pretty um, it's pretty hype right now. You mm-hmm. can say. Yeah. I mean, when you have like you know Travis Scott wearing vintage, everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, I want to go find that same shirt. Let me go hit the thrift store." And we see it too. Not just resellers. We see when uh, high schools out, all the high school kids are in the thrift stores looking for stuff. Mm-hmm. It's oh true. yeah. But that's any market. All markets go through those ups and downs. Yeah. So you just gotta ride it out. And I actually think it's cool. I think it's kind of cool that people are learning about the product and they're they're actually appreciating it. You know, they're yeah. like, okay, this is an old shirt, but now it's not just an old shirt. I like it because it's single stitch and because it's on a cool tag, it's got a date on it. You know what I mean? So kids are starting to appreciate it. But just because it's single stitch and has a date doesn't mean it's $300. That's true too. That's, yeah. <laughs> you have to know the info. And that's what, that's yeah. the difference between people who've been selling a while and then new people trying to get into it. That's fair. Yeah, my wife gets mad at me all the time because she says I'm on my phone too much. I'm like, I'm doing research. I'm looking at people's stories who are doing sales and trying to figure out, like, 
yeah. what are they pricing theirs at? Can I get a range of that price for that item? Yeah. And sometimes, because I never, I, I do it, but I don't like to come out disrespectful and price something thirty dollars higher than than it, what it should be. And that's a, a tread. I try to tread lightly on that, you know, not overprice my vintage items, which is why our little chat group is beneficial. Go ahead, Ben. You're not the only one. The other day, my girlfriend said the same thing to me. Like, you're always on your phone, but I'm like, I'm conversating with all these different people trying to sell things and like get info, you know, like that, that group chat that we're in is like active every day. I had to turn off the notifications. <laughs> now, uh, Ryan, I noticed on y'all's YouTube videos, y'all uh, refer to the comp prices and stuff a lot. And I was wondering, like, say y'all find an item that's kind of like a one of one, but you kind of feel like it's got value, but you can't find anything out there on it. What do you typically do in that situation? A little auction it, usually. Yeah. Okay. So, our, so you I'm definitely the... you definitely get it if you I guess feel that there's value there, and then. Yeah. Yeah, we'll still buy it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I tell people like about eighty percent of our business is stuff that we know the price of, and we know how long it'll take to sell. And then 20% of our businesses, we call it long tail items. So we'll put it out on the marketplace and we don't, we don't care if it takes a year for it to sell because we don't have a whole ton of money into it. And we're looking for a certain buyer, you know, like a, a vintage Levi's jacket that, that takes a certain buyer and it's going to take time. Usually if you have it priced right, it's going to take time to find the right buyer. But sometimes when Ryan's at the thrift and he doesn't know what something is, he'll text me and I'll look it up for him and give him info. And All then, the time. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do, when I can yeah. find something, I'll text him. We're kind of like our own our own group chat. We just bounce ideas off each other and, all the time. And Ben's got a better eye than me, and Ben's also got his finger on the pulse of vintage way more than I do because I have to look at the whole market because I have different products come to me from different uh, areas. Ben's pretty much hype and vintage. So if something comes up like that and I don't know, I have someone I can lean on, which is cool. I guess that's why you employ him, right? Yeah, well, kind of, and he's good at pictures. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was that was meant to be tongue in cheek, because uh, for the listeners, uh, I wasn't trying to be a dig on that, but that's mm-hmm. what Ben's strength is to your company is he has that niche market that's going to be good yeah. because we've yeah. all found a dollar shirt and flipped it for maybe a hundred plus before, and right. I got you on that. You have a question? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess. Since, uh, I mean, I figure with you and Allie, y'all probably don't get too competitive because y'all are kind of on the same team. But, like, you and Ben, do y'all ever get competitive when y'all are out there yard selling, kind of getting at each other? Exactly. It's, it's kind of the opposite. It's the opposite. <laughs> we kind of hope one of us finds something really cool. Okay. Yeah. And, like, if, if Ryan finds something that's worth a lot of money, I'm super happy for him, and I hope he sells it for a lot of money. Like, I'm not jealous or anything. Yeah. But if, it, if anyone else, like, if I see one of my friends pull something, I'm like, dude... Dude, give me that yeah. or something. But we'll do deals together too. We just right. did a pretty big deal together. And we're splitting at fifty-fifty. So yeah, making moves. Okay, that's uh, it's definitely different than my brothers and me. We yeah, know, we're, uh, we're not <laughs> look, too friendly. Yeah. Look, I've been with them before, and it's cutthroat. Like it's, really? you're, that's it's so like funny. elbows knocking. You're like fighting to get there first. It's very, it's very different because I was an only child and he was not. Yeah, I have uh, three brothers, three sisters, so we were always kind of fighting for stuff. And uh, family. Well, I wasn't an only child. I have a sister, but she was eight years older than me. So when I would go out, I was just being like an older child, just so she, in case she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely offended her. You, yeah, she's mad at me now. She's gonna be writing me a letter. Did you get your siblings into vintage, or did they get you into them? 
Uh, I think we all kind of got into it through our friends. Like, around the same time, we were just like, oh, those are sweet shirts. And we just started getting them. And then I kind of got more into it, and one of them got completely out of it. And the other one's just like, he doesn't really care for it either. But, uh, so, but I'm still doing it. I'm like the only one that is still doing it. And that's actually how we met. We met because um, he was he's actually the OG in the group. Like, I got more of my influence from him. But we worked together, and I'd go to work, and I was like, I like your style kind of deal. But I was also kind of on that wave, but not really. So he, he kind of influenced me to be into, into vintage. But that's kind of how we met. We would go out. And that was in the time when you could literally leave something on the rack and go back two weeks later, and it was still there. Yeah. It was back when it was just, like, old people, and, like, you could literally not go thrifting for weeks and go in there and just, like, clean up. And now it's like if you miss one, two days, it's like you just missed everything. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that time. I haven't been doing it for as long as you guys. Right. So I only know like you can't leave something behind. You have to grab it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got. I've been what ten years. You've been ten plus. Uh, mine's like late nineties or I yeah. guess that's when I started like kind of getting into it. And then I started thrifting like two thousand four, two thousand five. So it's been a little. So while. are you both purely in vintage? That's what you like to resell. Uh, uh pretty much. Like he was. I think originally more into like Polo and Tommy Hilfiger, yeah. and then I was kind of into the vintage, and then I kind of got him into the vintage, and then he kind of got me into the Polo and Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah, that, right. that's so how we kinda, worked it. Yeah. And then I liked like Nike, so I was a Nike Tommy Polo guy because I was into Jordans and hats when yeah. snapbacks were worth more than like guest shirts and stuff. Like yeah, you used to be able if you had a shark tooth, you, like, it was like one hundred fifty dollars if you found oh, one, yeah. and yeah. now you can get a shark tooth for relatively cheap depending on who the team is, but. Currently, if you're asking currently, I do sell other non-vintage because I'm not going to go through a yard sale and not try to make some money. So I'll try to find something that I can at least make money on while I'm there that's not vintage. Right. And I think that that's important in the in the vintage community. There's a lot of people who kind of like look down on people who make who are there to also make money. You know what I mean? Like it's good to be in vintage, but if you're if you're just in vintage and you're not making money doing it, you have to expand your horizons, in my opinion. Because unless you're just doing it on the side, and that's fine. You know what I mean? But if you want to actually hustle in this game, I think that you have to kind of expand your knowledge outside of the realm of just 90s t-shirts. Yeah. But you need to be respectful about it when you're going and looking for stuff to, to sell. Like, don't be a dick to the people having the garage sale and be like, oh, I can sell this for way more right. than you have it on on ebay but yeah let's talk more about that because i've never really i never tell the people what it's worth so talk more about what you what, that that thing if the i ask the person for the price and they give me the price i just i'll pay them or haggle with them a little bit but i never no, let I'm them talk, know the, i'm know talking it. about people that go to um garage sales with their phone just out and being yeah. like oh wow mm. this this is really cheap but look how much i could sell it for like those those type of people Oh, yeah. yeah, those people are, uh, yeah, I'd punch them in the throat. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, actually, I was going to ask a question about uh, y'all's reason. Is this y'all's, like, only job, or y'all got, like, uh, another job besides this, or is this y'all's, like, main hustle? This is the main hustle, full-time. Okay, that's awesome. That awesome. I resell on the side and, and help Ryan and Ellie's business, so I'm the photographer for their inventory, okay. as well as other and uh, how long into it did you realize, okay, I need to hire some extra people, get some people to do photos, run the online stuff? Like, at what point did that kind of transition? Pretty much when we couldn't do it ourselves anymore. So we, we kind of like, uh, we have a small house, three-bedroom three house. 
the spare bedroom we had filled up with inventory our garage was filled up with inventory and it was just like getting overwhelming with everything mm-hmm. coming into the house and we we're like okay well the business can kind of afford a space let's let's look for a space and we actually got the first warehouse we got was a tiny little warehouse no air conditioning in the heat of florida like horrible um but it, it's what the business could afford and we went in there and then we keep building and building and, and to where we are now but pretty much like the the reason we got a warehouse and started hiring people was because we couldn't do it ourselves anymore mm-hmm. that's the only yeah and your home was starting to become like work like yeah all your inventory yeah. was in your house but otherwise there's no reason to go and get overhead i think it's dumb when people just start selling and then they go i want a store i want yeah. a warehouse you know what yeah. i mean like yeah yeah we made a podcast about that like when do you open a store because We've seen that happen a lot because the idea and the feel for the store seems like you've reached this echelon of, of where you are as a seller. But is it always the best move? Because I know like my wife right now, she is definitely feeling the what you said, work at home thing where we have yeah. piles of stuff on like a table and then like this in the room, like up next to be pictured or whatever. So I can understand right. that. Yeah. That's actually the podcast I showed Ryan before we jumped on here. He was listening to that one. Yeah. The store one. This is a uh, question about y'all's car that y'all use. <laughs> yes. Because I love, I love your car, by the way. But I was wondering, does that affect somebody, like, giving you a lower price when you pull up to the, <laughs> the yard sale? Well, no. I have, like, 2001 Honda Civic, so it doesn't really <laughs> – doesn't really matter. And for the listeners, I'm talking about a Tesla. Yeah, we're talking about you pulling up in a, in a freaking spaceship. I've actually, I've actually found the opposite. We've pulled up in the car, and it's been, it's been a conversation starter. People okay. have been like, "Oh man, that's a sick car," um, and I'll be like, "Yeah, no, it's cool." And then people, I, I've never had any, I've never had the prices go up yet, just because we're in the car. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I think the deal we did the other day it would have mattered yeah that's true i mean we're careful about it yeah you know if we're going if we're going somewhere and we know that it could come into play we're not going to take the tesla my wife my wife drives a little um fiat so we'll take the fiat (laughs) if you don't mind how many people do you say live in like you're like a 25 mile radius because i'm at about a what thirty six thousand. so they're they're where the they're they're yeah they're very large very, yeah very large so like how many other when you go out how many other resellers would you like do you know like hey that guy yeah. hey that chick is so do you see that on a daily or yeah 100 percent. i mean i'll either every time i go out to a thrift store i'm either running into somebody that i know from like the reselling community um or people are coming up to us because they know us from the youtube videos mm-hmm. every single thrift store at this point yeah it's happening to me too now like oh, when man. i go to Selling in thrift stores, they're like, "Oh, you're Ben." I'm like, "I guess, yeah." yeah. Dude, we went to uh, two garage sales uh, a couple weeks ago. Two of the garage sales we went to, the people having the garage sale knew us, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, "Great, there go all the deals." <laughs> yeah. Wait, so. this is gonna sound crazy, but I watch your videos enough to think that I'm your friend. Do you get people that come up to you and they're like, just like, "Hey, what's up, bro?" And you're like, "Never met yeah. you." How how does that work on your end? Because I know you're not upset, but how mm-hmm. how do you? I prefer that. I would prefer someone coming up to me and being friendly than coming up to me and being like weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I understand that most people know more about me than I know about them when they're coming up to me. Um, 
So as long as people aren't creepy about it, it's not a big deal. You know, if you walk up to me and you're like, hey, in video number 57 at the three minute mark, you said this, then I'm going to be like, all right, bro, calm down. <laughs> calm down. Okay, so as long as I don't smell you, I'm good. <laughs> no, you can smell me up. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wash my t-shirts. It's cool. <laughs> oh, see, oh, good, good. I was wondering about that. Um, also, I wanted to ask, do y'all ever source outside of y'all's state? Like, do y'all ever travel, like, to, you know, several states over? Or do y'all kind mm-hmm. of just keep with yeah. y'all's state? Um, you actually, I'm about Ben, but, uh, like, traveling, I don't, I don't really go, but you did, like, the Cram the Cam thing where you yeah. drove to Texas, I think, right? I love sourcing Texas. Yeah. Texas has some of the best inventory. Love it out there. Uh, but yeah, I like I like to do road trips and stop at the small like mom and pop thrift stores mm-hmm. instead of going to Goodwills and Salvation Armies because um, we get better better deals there and some rarer stuff. So I love that. If I could just road trip all day and source, that's probably what I would do. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah. What's the biggest find you've ever gotten for like the best deal? Uh, two days ago. Yeah, two days ago. <laughs> okay. Is this the bundle deal? <laughs> No, like, let's let's go with like just a single item, not like a like. So like, okay. you were out and you're like, oh, this was a dollar. Oh my god. Hmm. Um, are you talking about only vintage? No, it's anything like because you guys are re- well. Vintage will be got good, but like let's okay. say a vintage item, and then you can talk about one that would be for the just the resale people. I did. Um, I found a pretty hate machine nine inch nails t shirt at the thrift store. I think you saw that. Yeah. So I think I bought it for three dollars and sold it for like 150 something like that Dang. so that was pretty and then non-vintage uh brown and i like to go garage selling on the weekends my girlfriend and i and she found a pair of coach heels for five dollars chanel chanel yeah chanel not coach and um we sold them for like 280 that's a good flip yeah yeah dude that's funny my biggest or my biggest like single item garage sale flip was also chanel Really? I found a purse. Yeah, I found a purse for a dollar. Flipped it for five hundred. That's our garage sale. Whoa! And yeah, vintage. Probably my favorite. My favorite like vintage piece was probably that. Um, I found like a crispy, all over print uh, Jimi Hendrix T-shirt on a Winterland tag. Like beautiful. Ooh. Never. I was. I mean, pretty much dead stock. Yeah. And um, that was like two bucks. Yeah, that one right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. oh wow! That's yeah, nice. I know. Th- I know this is a podcast. You can't see it, but it's cool. <laughs> um, I think that one. Flipped- it wasn't like even a huge flip. I think I flipped it for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. It was just such a cool T-shirt. That's a good also- flip, though. A do- two yeah. two bucks to a hundred. If I could do that every day, I'd be happy. Absolutely. I found a more basic Jimi Hendrix one too, next to that one, right? Mm-hmm. The Sweet Angel one. Sweet Angel. And yeah. I kept that one for a while. Yeah. My my biggest one, I guess, was the. I found a silk screen equestrian print polo jacket all over print and I kept it for like uh, what five years I guess because I was a hoarder and it wasn't my size but I just kept it because I was in that mentality of like I'm never going to find it again and then one time was, was a hoarder right well not as much you have a better I have more like a rotating closet now so like every season I'll flip through shirts and say I don't wear them anymore and then that's good for my business because I'll I'll it flood my page with like a whole bunch of heat that, nice. that I don't wear much so it's like a an ebb and flow type thing more like a like you're talking about controlling the market so it helps me like keep generated like the other day I just sold a uh, two dudes attitude shirt WWE shirt but like I had nice. I'd had that shirt for a year and I don't like to picture everything I get so I like to keep things a little bit back stock you know like you guys yes. saw a shirt I sent you one Ben that no one's ever seen on my account before that Pink Floyd shirt 
Right. For example, so yeah. like I'll just hold on to stuff like that. But yeah, that would be mine. Was that uh, silk screen shirt at the time? I think I spent five and I flipped it for like three hundred. I guess mine would be. Uh, well, recently I found some Nike sample shoes. I don't know if y'all are familiar with the samples. They're uh, kind of rare. They're just giving out like the ones I got were given out to uh, the Tennessee like sports affiliated players, like University oh, nice. of Tennessee, and they were uh, nineteen eighty three. Completely dead stock, like they were mint condition, and uh, I mean, you just never see like those samples. And then on top of that, like I got a shirt that's the uh, some people say it's a mosquito head, I'm not sure if it is, but it's a Jesus shirt that has like everybody from pop culture in like the early 90s and like the 80s. Oh, I think and, I've seen that one too. Yeah. yeah, I got that one for like two dollars at a thrift store. So, uh, did, was, did you thrift the shoes? Yeah, I was I thrift, yeah, and that's one thing, yeah, that's one thing I wanted to talk to y'all about. Was uh, I've come to realize, like setting up at pop ups and stuff, that everybody's like kind of paying up for stuff. But uh, yeah. I, I, I take pride in like thrifting pretty much. I think like ninety five percent of my stuff is thrifted. Yeah, we. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll source online because that's the market now. But yeah. I would say I'm with him. I'm pretty much gonna be high high percent, eighty five ninety percent straight up thrift everything I oh. get. Yeah, most of it's bought for like three dollars or less. Yeah, yeah. I think for us, for us, like our vintage stuff is pretty much mostly thrifted. The only time that I'm will source online, well, for me anyway, is for my personal. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll pay it. Yeah. Yeah, I want to uh, let y'all. I, I, I big time respect that because it's such a rare thing these days. So anybody that's doing that, I love it. Like y'all. Well, I love mad the thrift. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing. Like that's how we started was garage sales and thrifting. We don't like in our business now. We don't have to do that anymore at all. Yeah. But we love to do it. It's the most. It's the most fun part of our business. It's fun. Yeah. I like thrifting. I like thrifting, but I also like to support my friends when they have their own pop ups. So I don't really mind paying up a little bit. They give me discounts, but I don't mind paying a little bit over their price or like a regular price just to support their uh, pop up. Okay. So well. Pop ups. With that being said, it's not meant like you buying it. We're talking about, I guess, buyers buying it for forty to sell it for fifty. So if you buy it from a friend to support because you want it, I'll do that. But I'm talking about more. I think you were talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just people. We'll see people that like will buy some for fifty just to sell it for fifty in their pop up to generate interest, and we don't really do that. That's what we're getting at. I guess more than that. Well, yeah. going back to what you were saying there. Um, what's the one thing that you just get really excited to find when you're out? Like, what's the one vintage item for me lately? I don't know what it is, but it's been stone cold shirts. If I can find a stone cold shirt, I just get like really happy, even though I, I mean, I don't find them a lot, but when I do it, for some reason it makes me happy. Uh, and yeah, what, what's one for you? I've never found stone cold shirt in the thrift, but I don't even like all over print shirts for myself, but it's always so cool to find like a really cool all over print vintage shirt. So that's what I would say. And I love them. So anytime he finds one, he'll send me a picture and be like, Hey, you want this one? Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) That's awesome. Anything video game for me, anything video game. Yeah. Not even like, even if it's not that vintage, I don't care if it's mid two thousands, if it's, you know, video game, it's cool. Cause they didn't make a lot of those shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Promo tees and stuff for the video games. Yeah. I've only ever found one in the wild. I found the illusions of Gaia. I got GAIA. Oh, yeah. yeah, I found I've one of those that. in the wild. Yeah. And then I found uh, oh, I found an N64 Zelda once in the you wild. You a kid's Crash Bandicoot? Oh, yeah. I found a kid's Crash Bandicoot on a giant tag. Kids. That's what's up. Yeah, it's I like a, a kid's large. Zelda one. Yeah. Say that again? 
I found a Zelda t-shirt in the thrift as well. I can't remember what uh, game it was from, but... Well, if it was Ocarina of Time, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> but I was going to ask, y'all ever hit up the uh, Goodwill bins? Because I know I've tried them. I've never really enjoyed them. So I didn't know what y'all thought about them. So, like you said, for me, thrifting is supposed to be a, an enjoyable thing. Mm-hmm. And the bins just aren't my thing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go and jump over people. And in our area, there's a lot of people who go to the bins and they'll, like, get things to send overseas. Mm-hmm. So they're, like, grabbing everything. Um, so, you know, we're lucky in Florida to have nice, clean retail thrift stores, even if we have to pay up a little bit sometimes. I like to take my time and go through a clean rack. I don't know. Yeah. Even if it doesn't, you know, for me, it's a, it's, it's a hobby. It's an enjoyable thing. I want the mm-hmm. enjoyment, not the, not the grind, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely, the bins is not an enjoyable experience, but when you find something cool, it's definitely really cool to see that. Yeah. But I don't really enjoy going to them either because in our area, there's, there's vintage accounts that actually live there. Oh yeah. And they like pay people to go and look for them and they're just there 24 seven. So it's not, it it is cutthroat and I don't, I don't enjoy that. Bin vultures. Yeah. I need to know what your heart rate was when you found that Fanimation jacket on vacation, because my heart rate would have probably been a heart attack. (laughs) Dude, that's, that was a crazy thing. It was insane. Well, first it was high altitude. So I thought I was going to die. I was going (laughs) to hyperventilate. I was already breathing heavy and I saw the jacket and I was like, what? I thought it was fake first, right? Because everything, pretty much everything in that market was fake. But I was like, why would there be a fake 90s Super Bowl jacket here? So I walked up to it and I was like, no, dude, that is that is real. Um, and then when he wanted five bucks for it, it's like, oh my God. That was Bolivia, that's right? It was in Bolivia. Yeah. Like, in Bolivia, on top, of the mount- on top of the mountain, overlooking the city, there's this gigantic flea market. And I found a random Fanimation jacket up there. It's crazy. Wow. Dude, that's that is uh that sounds like a dream, man. Yeah, I watched, mountaintop yeah. in Bolivia. Wow, that's a first. It was I was freaking out, and Allie was like, "Calm down." <laughs> She's like, "We're gonna get robbed." <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny, dude. I would have uh, if I would have been there. I was yelling at the screen. I was like, "Go through those hats more." There were some stellar hats. I know, I know, man. The one, um, the one. I don't know if you did. You you watch the video? Yeah. Oh yeah. You saw yeah, bro. I watched almost <laughs> um, all of them, man. Yeah, that Southern California hat we sold last week for like um, 40 bucks, I think. Dang. So, yeah, that was two bucks, two dollars into 40, and then the Epcot one I kept. But yeah, the hats were so cool. Um, I wanted to stay there and go through them, but we only had a day there. Okay. And like 95% of them were probably like fake hats. The hats were real. Oh, no, no, there were like the fake Nikes in the video. Yeah, yeah. But even those I've seen, like, have you seen those fake Nikes with the Mickey Mouse on them? They go, for, oh, yeah. they go ham. I have uh, these accounts I follow from like Bolivia and stuff that that's all they collect. And, and they're always wanting my big game, the uh, big logo game hats from me, you know. So uh, let me ask, this is a question. Uh, since you guys are into vintage, what's one thing that you see now that's going to be popular in like five years? Um, I see a lot of people like repurposing vintage and making like custom totes and hats, and I love that. And that's something that I think will become more popular in the next five years. That um, hypodelic, yeah, yeah. You follow him, he makes, yeah. I saw an L.O. Bean one he did the other day, and uh, the only reason I'm say what 
He did an LL Bean hat for John Mayer. He made two of them for John Mayer. Then I saw those, and I'm only on board with that if the garment was already messed up. That's my feel on it. So <laughs> I'm okay with it if it's been. And I've also seen people doing um, like towels and bed sheets into like sweatpants, which are actually pretty cool, and I'm okay with that. Cause yeah. not. But yeah. yeah, for me, I, I can't cut up a, a good anorak unless it's got like a huge hole or something. Well, he's getting paid. Like, people are sending him those items. So, I mean, it's not his own stuff. People are sending it in. You make a good point. I'm, pers- I'm personally on the fence about that. I feel like if it's if you own it and it gets made into something that you love, I think it's okay. Because for me, it's more about, like, the feeling you get from the item. Yeah, if, if he's getting people sending in their items saying, make this for me, I'm not going to knock that. Yeah, I'm with you yeah. on that. Uh, but, no, going back to what you're saying about trends, so I, I think that uh, I think video game stuff is going to keep going, keep increasing in value. And I think right now everybody's kind of hyped on like the um, like the '90s and early 2000s video game T-shirts. But there are so many cool graphics and stuff released in the mid 2000s, and that's not really considered vintage yet, right? But eventually it is going to be, and kids are going to jump on that. stuff. I think kids are going to jump on that stuff because they're going to be like, "What? You have the 2007 Call of Duty tee?" I want that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm I'm 100% in, agree- in agreement with you because really all the kids in the future are going to relate to like video games. Every kid plays video games, so they're all going to want yep. that T-shirt of the game that they play. So I can definitely see that. Yeah, I've been thinking, do I need to stockpile Walking Dead shirts? Because I see them all the time. We can make Uncle Saw shirts. Yes. See? <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. But yeah, I know what you're talking about with the video game stuff. And I actually just posted some questions on my Instagram story today about the y2k vintage i've seen it popping up people are going to that yeah. look that aesthetic so we I had a, yeah we had a podcast on getting sit so you're saying you might just go ahead and start getting some of those like black ops tees and just kind of sitting on them for if you have the space yeah mm-hmm. good move you got any questions my big um yeah for listeners out there who are maybe interested in getting into reselling do you have any advice for like say a newcomer who's wanting to do it you want me to say this one? Uh, I would just recommend watching Rattler It's on YouTube. <laughs> okay. Shameless plug. <laughs> um, I, I tell people to start around your house. I think that's the best way to go. Like, sell your closet. Go into your closet and see what you have and start there and learn from what you have instead of going out and investing money into something that may not sell. Learn from your house. Sell stuff like video games, iPhones, iPods, headphones, stuff like that. Um, get your feet wet on your your own stuff that isn't going to cost you money, and then use that money to bankroll into more and more product, and do it that way. Don't go out and get loans. Don't put it on a credit card. Bankroll your stuff over and over again. You know what okay. I mean? Like we we started reselling with two hundred bucks, and we've never um, taken on any debt. We've built our company bankrolling over and over, and I yeah. think that's the right way to do it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's the snowball effect. Well, speaking of that, what platforms have you sold on, currently sell on, and which ones do you prefer? For, I guess for like, even for like, so for vintage, which one would you prefer or like anything like that? Yeah, for me, it's our big platforms are eBay, Amazon, and wholesale. We sell wholesale to our, the people that we teach. And then Ben sells on other platforms. Yeah, I sell on eBay, Depop, Grailed. And StockX for like the new stuff, but um, I would say the the vintage stuff moves fastest on default for me. Or actually, uh, my Instagram. 
Yeah, yeah. My Instagram, I sell a lot of vintage through there as well. And that's my probably my favorite platform to sell on because there's no fees or like maybe just the PayPal fee. Yeah, so you like your three percent fee and then whatever you negotiate for shipping, if it's free. Well, I I usually do free shipping and then sometimes ask them like send it friends and family because I mean my account they usually know who I am and they trust me and they know that I'm not a scammer so they don't mind sending it uh, friends and family. And you actually ship your stuff, which is a good start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, and Amazon eBay. So do you, well, on Amazon, does that have to be new stuff or do you sell? So how do you work around that? No, so no clothes on Amazon, but we will sell like vintage electronics, camera equipment, stuff like that. We'll move on Amazon. Video games sell better for us on Amazon than they do on any other platform. So we'll sell stuff and, and used. Um, so we'll sell new stuff and used stuff on Amazon. Yeah. And then eBay for us is like, you know, the shoes and garage sale stuff. But if I find, like, a crazy vintage banger, I'll actually give it to Ben and be like, hey, sell this for me. Because yeah. <laughs> he can get better money. He can get a better price yeah. for it. He's got the market. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's all about audience. That's one thing I've noticed, especially uh, as of the past, what, five years? Because for a long time, it was just eBay. Like, you could just do eBay only. But now it's, you don't know if you have Etsy, Poshmark, Depop. Yep. Um, yep. Grailed. That's those are some big ones there as far as that. And then StockX is what shoes, right? And, and Supreme. So do you have to sell it brand new on those platforms, or can it be? Used? Yeah. Well, it has to be brand new unless you're selling handbags or watches. I think that's different, but I don't ever sell that. But everything I sell is brand new in in the box, and yeah. Okay. So you get on the app, try to win the raffle, and then put that online. I try and I enter the draws online and try and buy things before they sell out, and then I will flip it on StockX or other platforms like Grailed, eBay, or my own Instagram. Gotcha. That, that's a tough grind, though, man. Yeah, cross <laughs> cross posting is pretty annoying, but it usually doesn't take very long for that type of stuff to sell. And winning those things because you don't use Box or anything, no. you're actually grinding on your on your phone trying to get it. <laughs> Yeah, that's tough because we've talked about before on our little uh, snap, our our group. We're like, hey, try to get this, and I don't know how you do it, man. Because I'll try to win like a pair of Yeezys, and I'll never get them. And you're like, hey, I got three pairs or something like that. <laughs> oh my god! The last one I won, I just entered the raffle and just luckily got picked. And that was the first time I've ever won a raffle. But the other times, I think it was like Yeezy's anniversary, and they released like so many different, like all the older models, and I just got lucky with some of them. But I actually. Ended up only making like five dollars a pair on those because I didn't get like good sizing. But if I got like the um, smaller sizes, I would have made more. What's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite piece in in each one of yours collection right now? Your personal. You wanna go? Uh, yeah, my favorite piece is something I recently picked up, which I haven't even told him about. So he'll oh, be hearing this for the first time. I get to see it. There we go. It's a uh, original hand painted Michael Rios. Who does the Carlos Santana album and all his clothes for his concert? Having oh. smile here. It's better than that. It's oh, like a, yours are like multi-printed. Yours are like uh, this is like a hand-printed. It's a one of one. Call the doctor. And uh, that's definitely my favorite. I mean, it's like a piece of art on the shirt. I'll, I'll post it eventually, but that's my favorite. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Never for sale. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, there's a lot. I have a lot of Never for sales, and sometimes it makes people angry because they're like, "I'll give you money for." I'm like, "No, it's just not it." But 
Uh, let's see. My favorite thing as of late, I found a guest shirt the other day, and it really made me happy. I'm not a guest fan, but the colors of it, and I was upset it didn't fit me. But as far as what I'm wearing right now. You're upset this oh, one I'll, on. yeah this is a 91 polo sportsman that uh a friend of mine hooked me up with and that's usually where a lot of mine come in we i get a lot i get attached to the, the trades so sometimes it's when i find yeah. it but a lot of times it's like i can't get rid of that because my buddy gave it to me and i've made the mm-hmm. mistake in the past of like not focusing on that but after i, I don't know that's why i like to do it so this shirt right here is really important to me just because it's my size it's a good color it's a rare shirt and I can wear it with, like, whatever. So right now, this is one of my favorite shirts. Okay. I have a question. How often do you see, um, since you're a high school teacher, how often do you see, like, kids wearing vintage? A lot. Uh, it's kind of sucks yeah. because I don't want to divulge too much to them. But, uh, like, there's a kid that was wearing a Pusshead Metallica shirt one day at school. Oh, what? Yeah, and it was just like, is it, it was in my dad's closet. And then, like, kids wear, like, on Jersey Day, like, I had a girl wearing, like, a Chris Mullins champion jersey for the Warriors, or, like, people wearing, like, champion jerseys, you know, like, walking around, and you're like, oh, my God, what's going on? Like, And they're, like, rolling them up, and I'm like, what size is that? They're like, a 48. I'm like, oh, my God, you know? So, I see that. <laughs> but it, it depends, because it, it's not always, like, lower economic. It could be anywhere in between, like, high, low, whatever. Do your kids know what you do on I, the side? Some, some do, but I try to keep it very secretive because I don't want them to ask me, like, hey, questions about that at school. You so, didn't try to buy that Metallica shirt off his back? <laughs> um, I talked to him, and we met, we met a relationship. But like, he wore a Nirvana shirt one time. Uh, oh, wow. not, not like a – it was a post-Kurt uh, Cobain death, but it was still like a 97 one. It was nice. And, you know, you ask him, like, hey, this or that, but it's also kind of just – I don't know. I, I'd rather just keep it like professional there type deal. Of course. That kid runs to the principal and be like, hey, my chem teacher just offered to take my shirt off and buy it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to come off as creepy. So, but yeah. no, there, there are kids that wear them. And if they wear them enough and I notice that they're into it, I will say something like, hey, you might not want to do certain things in that shirt. For example, like go, go paint the homecoming float in that shirt. <laughs> But what for, state are you going? Uh, you want to tell them? Oh yeah, what state? Yeah, we're in Alabama. Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We we um. What thrift stores around your location should I go to? No, I'm just uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, you should go to any of them that start with T. Okay. <laughs> no, if you're if you're ever in the area for real, hit us up. We'll let you know. Yeah, it's it's yeah. getting to a point now where you really can't. Like you said this earlier. You can't stop people from going into them on any given day, at any given time, and finding something. So I just kind of, like, don't tell them the frequency of the which ones I, I like to go to, of course. But, I mean, yeah, that's just really it. People know about them. Like Google, you can Google. But, but it's also the knowledge you have, right? Like, how many times have you – like, I've noticed resellers in stores, and I'll go be- right behind them and find stuff that they missed. Oh yeah, so, that that happened to him the other day. He found uh, some amazing. Yeah, I was. Stuff. Uh, I went in there and there was a girl that was like decked out in vintage. And of course, I always try to dress a little incognito in case there's someone in there that's like into vintage. And like, oh man, I better jump ahead of this guy real quick because I know he's into that. So I walk in where you wouldn't even know I was into that. But I see her and she's of course decked out and she's got like five or six t-shirts on her arms. I was like, oh man. But I was. Like, I'm just gonna look anyway. And I'm like flipping through and I come across this like 
early, early Nike, and I look at the tag, and it's like a pinwheel. I was like, oh, my gosh. And that was, my, that was the first one I've ever found with that tag. And uh, yes. then I found, like, two other – well, I found one other Nike that same era, and then my wife went back and found one I missed. But, yeah, I was still pulling some shirts. I was like, this is what you yeah. left. Like, what did you get? I got to know. Yeah, like, we're not – A lot of people are just – skipping through the racks looking for one or two brands in particular and yeah. just miss everything like yeah person will just be going in looking for tommy flags yeah and then if they don't find anything they'll just move on to the next door but there might have been like a crazy vintage shirt in between there that he missed yeah yeah and i think there's room for everybody i mean this is this is america there's so much stuff going in every single day to the thrift stores you know what i mean and people having garage sales and there's so many other ways to source too like I think there's enough for everybody. There's so much abundance, and a lot of thrift, a lot of stuff ends up in the trash anyway. So, um, you know, I think we can all share. Yeah. yeah. To, a to a degree. Yeah, I've always <laughs> looked at it like a prey versus predator aspect. Since I'm a science teacher, like you're going to have X amount of food for X amount of individuals before certain ones fall off and certain ones stay. So, I think there's always going to be a, a healthy medium where. You're going to have enough for everybody, but too much could be bad and too less could be, I guess, good for those that are there. Sure. Yeah. Like you're, all- yeah, like you're, that's why I was asking about your city size. Like, your city can, to me, support, like, X amount of resellers before it gets to be, like, difficult. And there is always an abundance, but it can be a little bit difficult. And learning, that's the part of it, learning your market, learning where you win, when, how, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but also learning other ways to source. You know, like one of our biggest sources is in California. We live in Florida. He's in California. Doesn't have to be in your local market. Gotcha. Yep. Well, all right. Uh, we honestly really appreciate the time y'all giving us. Seriously, I know we kind of started off troubleshooting a lot, and it kind of took a while. But we really appreciate y'all taking time out of y'all's day to chit chat. And uh, for all the listeners, definitely check out these guys. Instagram, he's got YouTube, Rally Roots, yep. and uh, Ben and Jammin. Ben and Jammin's got a Instagram. He's got a lot of vintage on there, so definitely yeah. check them out. And the Rally Roots has got an Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they're definitely go uh, go like, subscribe, thumbs up, smash buttons, whatever they do on YouTube. Um, <laughs> Thanks for having us, dude. Yeah, appreciate you guys uh, having us on it. No problem. It was, uh, yeah. it was an honor, man. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it all week, and I honestly feel bad because we've been trying to get this to go for like a month. Or so, yeah. and, or even longer. And the, and the invite extends to you, too. If you ever find yourself outside of Tampa, let us know. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you'd like to ask us questions or submit us topics for a future podcast, you could contact us on our official Twitter page at Vintage Talk Show or at one of our accounts on Instagram at Mosquito Heads with a Z or Vintage Shizu. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more.